0: Welcome to the podcast of Selmore Baptist Church in Ozark, Missouri. To learn more about our church, please visit selmorebaptist.com. And now, here's the sermon. Church in the New Testament, in the Greek, is ecclesia. What does that word mean, or ecclesia? It means a called out assembly. What are we called out of? Well, according to verse 40, we're called out of the world. We're called out of this perverse generation. As Christians, we are called to be separate and holy. We must look and act different than the world around us because we no longer belong to the world. We belong to Christ. If you've truly been saved, you've been set apart by God to bring glory to Jesus Christ. And if your life and your habits are just as perverse and carnal as the world around you, then you better check your heart. And you better make sure that you've truly been saved. I'm convinced, and I think probably we all know this, church roles in general are full of people who have not been truly saved. Your name may be on the church roll, but you're not truly part of that faith family unless you've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And so I'll just ask you again, have you been truly, genuinely saved? Have you been truly, genuinely converted? Have you been born again? If not, repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ before it's too late. Next, what is the first thing those do who are saved, genuinely saved? Look with me, if you would, at verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. I'm going to say this very plainly. Until you are baptized, you do not have a public testimony of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that you're not a Christian. Baptism is not a work that we do in order to be saved. But I am saying that baptism is the way that God has designed And Christ has commanded for us to make our faith in Jesus public. And for those who have truly been saved, for those of us who have received the word with gladness, as it says in verse 41, there should be a joy and an eagerness in our heart to follow our Savior in baptism because we're not ashamed of him. And we want to make his lordship over our lives public and official. We want everybody to know. If you need to follow the Lord in baptism, I pray you'll be obedient to that because the church is comprised of baptized believers. Baptism is the gateway to being part of the faith family. So the early church was comprised of those who were saved and baptized, 3,000 souls according to verse 41. And not all of those stayed in Jerusalem. Many of those were from other parts of the world, and they went to their own homes. But a large number was in Jerusalem from that 3,000 souls. Now, what else? What did they do? What made them such a healthy faith family? Let's keep reading. And in the next section of verses, we will find six traits of a healthy faith family. And that's what we're going to work through here for the next few moments. So read with me, if you would, verses 42 through 45. says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. We'll pause there. All right, let's break these verses down. What did the early church do? What defined them? What made them a healthy faith family? The first trait of a healthy faith family that we see here is that they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That is to say, the teaching of the apostles, what we would know today as the New Testament scriptures. A healthy faith family has as its heart and soul the teaching of the word of God. A healthy faith family continues, it says, steadfastly in the word. If you're ever in a church that does not teach the word of God, run the other way. Find a church that teaches the word. And I'm not talking about reading a Bible verse or two and using that as a jumping off point into a motivational speech. I'm talking about opening the word and digging into it and mining it for truth and rightly dividing it and applying it to your life in a substantive fashion. We need the apostles' doctrine still today, the New Testament scriptures. We also need the law and the prophets still today, the Old Testament scriptures. We must be in the word. Our church must be founded on the word of God. The second trait of a healthy faith family that we see in these verses is fellowship. Verse 42 says they continued in fellowship. God did not create us to be isolated. God did not create humans to be islands in and to ourselves. He made us for fellowship. Fellowship, first of all, with Him, but also fellowship with other believers. We need others to bear our burdens. We need others to pray for us. We need others to stir us up to love and to good works. It is not good, nor is it healthy for us to be by ourselves. When we as sheep get away from the rest of the flock and wander off in the wilderness by ourselves, we are vulnerable to attack by our enemy, the roaring lion who roams the earth, seeking whom he may devour. When our enemy sees a Christian off over here by himself somewhere, he thinks, I'm gonna get him and just beat the crud out of him. And I'm gonna sink my teeth into him and I'm gonna tear him limb from limb. And he does that with temptation And he does that with oppression, and he does that with depression, and he does that with any number of vices that this world has to offer. One of my greatest fears for our people in the age of COVID, i would shared this with you before, but one of my greatest fears is isolation, lack of fellowship, lack of contact with other Christians. Even if we're coming to Sunday worship, there is often a lack of true relationship and accountability with other Christians believers. To take it a step further, there is an epidemic of loneliness in our world today. We see it overwhelmingly in our young people, but older people as well. And I'm convinced that the primary solution to this loneliness that so many people feel is the church. The fellowship that we need is found in the church the early church was in fellowship with one another. And if we're to be a healthy faith family, we have to be in fellowship together as well. This is such a crucially important piece of the puzzle. The third trait that we see in verse 42 is that a healthy faith family breaks bread together. Most commentators believe that this is a reference to the Lord's Supper. Remember that the Lord's Supper is one of just two ordinances that Christ gave the church along with the ordinance of baptism, an ordinance being a a physical act commanded by Christ that carries with it a symbolism of spiritual truth. And when we partake of the bread and the cup, we remember and we proclaim Christ's body and blood that was given for us on the cross. 1 Corinthians 11 says, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As such... Partaking of the Lord's Supper on a consistent basis is a crucial element of our Christian walk as it brings us back to Calvary's Hill and tethers us to the cross, reminding us over and over and over again, lest we ever forget where our salvation was won. In the Lord's Supper, we not only enjoy vertical communion with our God, but we also partake in horizontal communion with other believers. Our family bond is never stronger than when we gather around the Lord's table and partake of the bread and cup together. If you don't know, we take the Lord's Supper on a quarterly basis here in our church. We always try to announce that ahead of time. And I would strongly encourage you, when we announce that, make it a priority to be here when we take the Lord's Supper. It was important to the early church and it must be important to us as well. The fourth trait of a healthy faith family is prayer. How many know and believe that God loves to work through the prayers of his people? The church that prays together stays together. The church that prays together experiences the power of God. In Acts chapter 4, the early church gathered together to pray, and it says that the place where they were assembled together was shaken They were filled with the Holy Spirit that they spoke the word of God with boldness. Brothers and sisters, we need to be a praying church. We need to be on our knees for the lost. We need to be praying for our community. We need to be praying for our nation and for our world. We need to be praying for one another. Yes, we pray corporately as a large body when we meet on Sunday mornings, but we also have a midweek Prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, I would encourage you to come and be part of when we get a little more specific with our prayers. The adults meet in this room on Wednesday nights in the worship center. You can come be part of that while your kids and youth have their classes as well. I'll also say this at 8 30 every Sunday morning, there's a small group of us that meet in this room right across the hallway right here for prayer, for our services, for That day, we did it this morning at 8.30. Anyone can come and be part of that and pray that God moves in our services, and our classes, and our worship time. But the point is, whatever format, wherever you plug in, we need to be on our knees every single day. We need to be in our prayer closets every day bringing our petitions before the Lord. We need to be praying for one another and with one another. That's what a faith family does. Prayer is so very important to the life of a church. The fifth trait of a healthy faith family that we see in this text is fear of God. A healthy church has a holy fear, a deep sense of awe and reverence for our all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful God. And I believe that when this fear is present in the life of a church, people can sense that. This holy fear was spurred on in the early church, it says, by the signs and wonders done at the hands of the apostles, according to verse 43. And while such explicit signs and wonders may no longer be the norm for how God works today, you better believe that he is still at work. Our God still saves. Our God still heals broken bodies and broken families and broken hearts. Our God is still in the miracle business. He is sovereign, as we sang today. He is sovereign over everything that takes place in this world. And he is worthy of fear, and he is worthy of reverence, and of awe, and of wonder. He is worthy of our worship, and he is worthy of our very life. The early church had a healthy fear of God and appreciation for his power, and so must we. The sixth trait of a healthy faith family is to care for one another. Some have looked at verses 44 and 45 and said, well, see here, the Bible advocates for socialism. It says that they had all things in common. They sold their possessions and divided the proceeds among all. In reality, comparing this to government-mandated socialism is comparing apples to oranges This is simply a group of people who saw themselves very much as a family. And like any family does, they voluntarily, of their own accord, did what they had to do to take care of one another and make sure that everyone in the community, that their needs were met. That's what a church family does. Even if it meant selling some of their possessions so that they could help a family member in need, that's what they were willing to do and that's what they did according to verse 45. If I had to pick one thing that our church does best, it would probably be this right here. You guys do a wonderful job of caring for one another. And I'm proud of you for that. And I hope that it always stays that way. But at the core of that commitment is an understanding that we are merely stewards. That everything we have, that everything we own as Christians ultimately belongs to our Father. He is merely entrusting us to care for what is His. And so when we look at our possessions that way, whether it be our money or our vehicles or even our very home, how can we hold those things back to ourselves when our brothers and sisters are in need? The early church was defined by their radical care For one another. So, as we look at those six traits, those six family traits on the screen, we understand that these are the criteria found in this text for what measures our health as a faith family. And I want you to note that the things on the screen are not church programs. We have a tendency in in modern day to think about the church in terms of programs. The church is healthy based on what it offers. These are not programs. These are spiritual practices. This is not so much what they do as it is who they are fundamentally. In addition to being defined by these spiritual practices, I also believe there are some spiritual priorities that a healthy faith family pursues. There are three such priorities outlined in the next two verses that the early church carried out that I think we would be well served to emulate in our faith family today. So I wanna conclude with the last two verses and we'll move quickly through these, but three priorities that a healthy faith family pursues. Let's read verses 46 and 47. It says, so, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. All right, here's the three priorities that we see in these verses and how they can apply to us right now. Number one, the first priority for a faith family is to participate in corporate worship. Y'all understand what I mean when I say corporate worship? Don't think about a corporation. Think about all the church coming together to worship God together. That's what we see in verse 46 when it says that they met with one accord in the temple. Commentators tell us, historians tell us that the early church would often meet in the outside part of the temple known as Solomon's Porch, which was a large patio that was covered. And that is where they would meet together as the church and worship God. In like manner, you and I need to make it a priority every Lord's Day to be present. Unless we're providentially hindered somehow, we need to be present with God's people on the Lord's Day for corporate Worship, to lift our voices together in praise. The second priority for a faith family is to meet in small groups. Verse 46 says that they broke bread from house to house, eating their food and praising God. Eating their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. I really like how that's phrased. Church, it is so important to be part of that smaller group. Yes, there are times we all come together such as we are right now, but there also needs to be times when we're in smaller groups having fellowship in that manner and and study in that manner. Right now we have four small groups, I mentioned this earlier, for adults that meet every Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Each one of them are open to anyone who'd like to attend. Each group has a little different feel. Each group has a little different style. You choose the one that's best for you. Attend one. If it's not your cup of tea, attend another. Any one of our groups would love to have you. It's absolutely crucial to be part of a smaller group of Christians on a regular basis so that you can pray together, fellowship together, study the Bible together, and you have that accountability as well. The third priority for a faith family we see here in this text is to be on mission daily. Verse 47 says, "...the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved." And the important thing to note there, it was the Lord who was doing the adding, amen? It is the Lord who adds to his church. The increase belongs to the Lord, but no doubt, undoubtedly, he was using the witness of these early Christians, he was using their witness to draw people to himself. In like manner, you and I, every day, need to wake up and ask God to use us. Say, Lord, use me as your missionary today. Use me as your ambassador Pray that the Lord would use you where you live, where you work, where you learn, where you play. Ask God for opportunities to share the gospel, to invite people to church, to minister to someone in Jesus' name. The truth is that opportunities abound all around us. We just have to look for them. As a church, we are committed to provide you with opportunities to do this as well. During the announcement time, I pointed out there's three things in the bulletin just today, ways that you can get plugged in to being on mission for God. I hope that you'll take advantage of some of those, but again, it's it's a both and, it's not an either or, it's not do things daily or do stuff at church, it's no, I need to be on mission every single day and take advantage of some of the opportunities that I have at church as well. I would just ask you, what are some ways that you can get plugged in? What are some ways that you can be on mission for the Lord? And I would ask every member of our faith family, in fact, I would challenge you today, I would exhort you to do these three things, to make these three things a priority in your own walk with the Lord. As we come to a close, aren't you glad that God has allowed you to be part of the faith family known as Selmore Baptist Church? I'm glad to be part of this faith family. You all are a special group of people. And you do see yourselves as family. You, you do take care of one another. You do love one another. And I assure you that people see that and people notice that. Not too long ago, I had someone tell me that someone in the community, when they found out that they were a member of Selmore Baptist, said, oh, that church takes such good care of its members. Like that wasn't someone in this church. That was someone out in the community just in recent days, you all ministered to one of our families here in the church in a very practical, hands-on way. And a member of that family told me that one of their lost relatives took notice of that and said, you know, I'm not a churchy person, but how, that, how your church has ministered to you during this time is just amazing. So you need to know that when you take care of one another, when you love one another, the world takes note of that. Jesus said, by this, all men will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. When we love one another like family, the world takes note. And it gives us a platform then to say, here's why we love one another. Here's why we care for one another. It's the love of Jesus that bonds us together. And just as the Lord added to the Jerusalem church daily, those who are being saved, I promise you he will add to this church as well if we're faithful to do the things we've talked about today and look for opportunities to share Christ with others. Thank you, church, for being you. Thank you for caring for one another and for loving one another. If you'd like to be part of this faith family, remember what we uh, said today. First, you must be a member of the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Are you trusting in Jesus and in him alone for salvation? Have you turned from your sin and, and believed upon him? If not, you can do that right now. Admit to God you're a sinner. Believe in all your with all your heart that Jesus died for you on the cross and rose on the third day and commit your life truly to him. And he will save you. He'll give you eternal life. He'll adopt you into his family and then you can be part of this family as well. To be part of this family, you must also be baptized. You must have that public profession of faith. If you're here today and you've put your faith in Christ, but you've never taken that step, I'd urge you to come today and just say, Josh, I'm ready to be baptized. I'm ready to go public with my faith, and we would love to help you with that. Finally, maybe someone's here today, and you've been saved and baptized, but you really haven't had a church family officially for quite some time, and you're ready to make this faith family your own. You can come today, and you can say, Josh, I'm ready to be part of this church family, this Faith family, I'd like to move my membership here and we would be glad to visit with you more about that. If you need to make any of these decisions or anything else that you need to do for the Lord, we're gonna give you an opportunity to do that right now. I'm gonna ask our musicians if they would to come to the platform and we're gonna have a song of response this morning. And if you need to come and make any decision for the Lord, this is your chance to do that. I'll be standing here at the front to receive you and pray with you. Let's stand at this time and we'll have our song of response.